Luxury is meant to be livable. Discover the new leather collection at Ashley with premium quality leather sofas, recliners, and more, all built to last. No matter how many spills, scuffs, or pet-related mishaps come its way, the leather collection at Ashley is made with the durability you need for the whole family. Shop the new leather collection at Ashley and find chairs starting at $499.99 and sofas at $599.99. Ashley, for the love of home. Debit card users, listen up. You've worked hard for your money. Now it's time to make it work even harder for you. With Discover Cashback Debit, everyone can get cash back on everyday debit card purchases. That's right. Earn on things like gas, groceries, and even that midday latte. And to top it off, there are no fees, period. Yep, that means you won't be charged fees on your checking account. Transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashbackdebit. Discover Bank. Member FDIC. Imposter syndrome is not something you snap your fingers or you say enough affirmations and it goes away. Imposter syndrome is you leaning in to the discomfort of not knowing in order to get the skills that you need to become better. Lean in to, man, I don't really like how this feels. I don't like the tension here. Okay, great. That is an indication in your life of where you need to do some work. But I'll tell you what, as you learn and grow and get better, you showing up in that class with heart, with soul, you tapping into why you got into this business in the first place. How did dance help you in your life? How did fitness help you in your life? I'll tell you what, my favorite teachers, my favorite trainers are not the people who are telling me how the muscle connects to the bone. My favorite teachers and trainers are the ones who tell me how this practice helped them in their life. Hi, I'm Rachel. And in this show, we talk about everything. Life and work, health and healing, relationships with others and with ourselves. These are stories for the seekers. These are conversations for the curious. This is the Rachel Hollis Podcast. Hi guys, it's Rachel. Welcome to another episode of the podcast, very specifically a new episode in our Ask Rach series. Now, I always feel weird when I say that because I feel like I'm speaking in the third person, but if this is your first time hanging out during an Ask Rach episode, let me give you a little overview of what happens in these conversations. About, let's say four years ago, we created a hotline for the podcast. It's basically an old school voicemail system where people call in from all over the world, people just like you, and they ask me questions. They ask me questions about literally everything, relationships, business, health, faith, spirituality, parenting, you name it. I have gotten a question about it over the last four years. And 
No, I am not an expert of any kind. Why do I think people ask questions? Honestly, because when we're struggling with something in our life or we're looking for solutions and we're just not finding them, we kind of are down for anything, right? We're like, you know what universe, you know what God, you know what random chick on the internet with a podcast, I'm gonna ask you and see if there's any guidance that I can get out of this. That is the impetus for these conversations. And in each episode, I go into my computer and I play voicemails. You and I will hear them together at the same time. So the first time you're hearing them is the first time I'm hearing them. And I'm just giving my in that moment thought, in that moment feedback, in that moment, here are my ideas that might be helpful. If you listen to this and you're like, dang, I have a question or I have a topic I really want to hear discussed out in the open, please call the hotline. The number is 737-400-4626. You can leave a message anonymously. You can tell us your name. You could you could just you do whatever you want, whatever feels good to you. I tend to pick the questions that to me seem like they're going to be the most beneficial for the entire community. So if you're asking something very niche, I'm probably not going to choose that one. But if you think it's something that might affect more than one person, please call in. I love creating content for you guys that is about our community and what we are collectively walking through at the same time. So with that said, y'all, I think we should uh, I think we should hit up the old spreadsheet and see what we've got. I did happen to notice before I started that the bottom two questions in my spreadsheet were both kind of around the same subject, which was like self-confidence, imposter syndrome. So that's where I feel like we're going to hang out today. Because any time two come in that are just like, oh, chef's kiss. These are perfect to have in conjunction with each other. I feel like it's a sign from the universe that maybe we all need to dig into. So let's listen to this first one. Hi, Rachel. My name is Abby. I was looking through um, your podcast and I saw you had an episode about imposter syndrome. And I am a young teacher. I'm 19. I've taught Pilates and I'm now teaching dance and imposter syndrome is like hitting me hard. I was just curious, how do you balance imposter syndrome, which is an exaggerated view of things, but with also some reality that might be true? Because I have a hard time. It's usually all or nothing. It's usually like, I'm believing the imposter syndrome. I'm like, no, that's completely wrong. And I feel like there's a middle ground, but how do you get to that? I'm just curious because as a teacher, it's real and it sucks. And I don't want it to hinder my teaching. And um, as I take on this new class, I've been a dancer for years and years, but this particular style, I've only had a little less than a year of experience in, and I'm going to be teaching a beginner class. Yeah, just curious how you find reality with imposter syndrome. Okay, Abby, thank you for this question. Lots of thoughts for you. My first one is... Something that I'm sure a lot of women who are my age who are listening to this are thinking, we're all thinking the exact same thing, which is at 19 years old, it is so normal for you to feel nervous, unsure, insecure about the place that you find yourself right now. That is so normal. And I just want you to rest in that 
it would be weird if you didn't feel that way. Because if you didn't feel nervous about the situation you find yourself inside of, to me, it's almost like you're not taking it seriously. Every time I get up to speak in front of a group of people, I feel nervous. I feel excited. I feel that energy rushing through my body of like, oh gosh, I hope I do a good job. I hope I'm okay at this. I hope I don't, you know, suck and pee the bed and it all goes to hell in a handbasket. And I think that's a good thing. I think that's a good thing because even after doing that for 10 years, after speaking on stages to people for 10 years, the fact that I'm still nervous about it means that I care. And I think for you, Abby, for anyone else who needs to hear this right now, there's some beauty in you feeling nervous about standing in front of people and trying to help them, trying to give them ideas. But here's the thing that you need to remember. Nobody in your class knows how to do the thing that you're trying to do, right? You said you're going to go teach a beginner's class. And I can tell you right now, if I went and took your beginner's class, I would have no idea what I was doing. So if you did something that you know, oh my gosh, that wasn't the perfect form on that thing. Or, you know, I was trying to do the hundreds, but I only did 90. That was a Pilates joke. You know, if I was trying to learn from you, but I'm a beginner, what I care more about is the energy and the heart that you bring to that space. Do you make me as a student feel comfortable? Do you make me feel like I belong? In a beginner class, do you make me feel like it's okay if I mess up? I go to yoga with the same teacher every single week. And one of the things that I love about her is that she's always like, if you forget where we are in the sequence, you do your own thing, you could dance around, you could lay down in child's pose, you could, you know, dance the hoochie coochie. Like she's so chill about it not needing to be perfect that it makes me feel very safe in that space. And I come back every single week because even though there are people in the class who are so much better than I am at yoga, I still feel like I belong. I think that's an important thing for anybody to remember who is struggling with this imposter syndrome, which just as a side note, if you're not familiar with that term, it's you have found yourself in a position where you're getting to do something, but there's this little voice in the back of your mind telling you like, oh my gosh, who am I to be here? If they knew who I was, they would never let me teach this class. If they knew how scared I was to be their teacher, they'd never let me teach, right? Who am I to try and help people? Who am I to try and lead out? Who am I to try and start a business? That's where imposter syndrome comes to play. So I think for anybody who's struggling with that, I'd love to give you advice that I heard from Oprah years ago. And if anyone's been following along on my journey for a long time, you're like, yeah, basically everything Rachel shares as advice is a quote she heard from Oprah when she was a child. Yes, that's absolutely accurate. I do not deny that. But Oprah said something years ago that really helped me as someone who was trying to do keynote speeches and stand on stage and speak to an audience. She said, nerves are a selfish emotion. She said, if you are nervous... It is a selfish emotion because if you are nervous, you are making that entire thing about you. Standing on stage is about you, right? Because think about it. If you're nervous in front of an audience, you're thinking, oh gosh, what is my outfit okay? What if I sound funny? What if I mess up? What are they going to think of me? 
Those nerves are you making the entire thing about you. But if you could flip it, if you could say, man, me standing on the stage is completely about this audience. The only thing that matters right now are the people in my class. The only thing that matters right now is the one person I'm speaking with. The only thing that matters right now is this one customer that I'm trying to help. If you make it about them, the energy comes off of you, the nerves come off of you, and it's just about, oh my gosh, how can I help them with whatever tools I have at my disposal? In fact, I get so many more ideas and concepts and creativity. I feel like my whole like world bursts open when I make it about you guys, when I make it about the audience. If I'm like, oh, how can I like be cute today and how can I say the right thing and how can I sound super intelligent? No, I'm totally going to screw up because I'm way too much in my head. But if I'm like, how, how can I help you, Abby, in this moment? I get so much more incredible focus and direction to head than when I'm making it about myself. And I think that might really help you in these classes is to go, you know what? If perchance there is someone in my beginner's class who actually knows more about teaching than I do, then they might have an opinion about my knowledge, but damn it, they will never have an opinion about how much I care. They will feel how much I care about the students in this room. They will feel that I want everyone to leave energized and have a great time and feel confident in themselves Do you set an intention? I'm talking to you, Abby, like you're sitting in front of me, but do you set an intention before you go into class and say, you know, what is it that I want people to feel when they leave this room? How do I want people to feel when they walk away from their time with me? I think if more fitness coaches, dance teachers, if more people went into teaching a class and actually took five minutes and just thought, you know, how do I want people to feel when they leave here? You'd have classes that are packed. You'd have way more repeat customers. You'd have way more clients who want to work with you one-on-one because they might not be able to track how talented you are at knowledge, but they definitely know that when they're in your midst, they leave with a higher vibration than they came into the room. So I guess kind of the direction I'm taking this one today is like, it matters way less how much you know and way more how much you care. Almost every morning of my life, I have oatmeal. Seriously, during the winter, having something hot in the morning really makes a big difference in my day. Quaker has been a trusted name in oatmeal for over 145 years, which means they've been milling oats since before the invention of the zipper, the stop sign, or ballpoint pens. Quaker has something for everyone, whether it's old-fashioned or quick oats that are good for cooking or baking. And while a ton of things have changed, the good stuff remains the same. Quaker, getting up to some good since 1877. Look for Quaker Oats at your local grocery store. I am taking my four children away this weekend to go skiing. 
And I think if you're a parent like me, you understand how important it is to have a kitchen available to you when you have four kids, which is why Airbnb is always the place that I head to just make the vacation easier. And I have always used Airbnb as a place to stay, whether it was for work or family or a girl's weekend. But more and more, my friends are using Airbnb in a totally different way as a business, as a way to invest in property and earn money for it. While you're away, your home could be an Airbnb. Hosting can easily fit into your lifestyle and it's a great way to earn some extra money. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. This episode is brought to you by Progressive, where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. Plus, Auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Quote now at Progressive.com to see if you could save. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Now, that being said, I understand what it feels like to want to feel more confident when you stand up in front of a group of people and you're guiding them and you're teaching them and you want to feel more comfortable in your own skin in that moment. The key there is one, knowledge. I think there is no greater hack for confidence than gaining knowledge. Now, hold on, because that's not the full picture, but first step is gaining knowledge. What do you need to know so that your awareness of this particular subject is indisputable? For me, I have obviously been talking to people for a long time. I've had this podcast for a long time. I've written books for a long time. My knowledge base is grounded in my life. I'm just telling stories about my life and I'm telling stories about the things I have learned that have helped me on my path. And because I'm only telling stories about my life, I am 100% positive in the knowledge that I have acquired because it's life experience. But here's the key. Step number one is knowledge in any area. So if I were you and I felt like I wanted to have more confidence in the subject I was teaching on, well, then I would ask myself, what are things that other teachers do, that other dance instructors do, that other people do, that I see them and think, oh, dang, she knows her stuff. He knows what he's talking about. Maybe it's like they have mad awareness of the musculature of the body. Maybe it's like they have perfect form. Whatever it is that you see in someone else, that you see a, quote, expert in the field and you think, oh, dang, they know what they're about, well, make it a goal to acquire the same kind of knowledge. That's the beauty of knowledge is that we can all acquire any knowledge that we want to. The information is out there right now for free on the internet. You can figure it out. You can learn whatever you want. You can do that. But the second part 
is something, oh, I'm just like pulling out the mentors today. The first time I heard someone say this was John C. Maxwell. Years ago, I heard him speaking on stage and he said, knowledge is, and the entire audience yelled power. And he said, wrong. Knowledge isn't power. Applied knowledge is power. So that's the second part of the confidence equation here is that you don't just have the knowledge, you actually have to apply it. So you actually have to force yourself the next time you're in class to talk about the structure of the muscle or to talk about the perfect form or to talk about whatever it is that you think would make you feel more confident and feel like an expert. And the first time you do it, it's not going to go perfectly. You're going to feel silly or you're going to fumble the words or it's not going to be as eloquent as you want it to be. The fifth time will be better. The 10th time will be better still. The 20th time will be greater after that. You have to apply the knowledge that you've acquired over and over and over until it becomes as easy as breathing. It's so easy to do because you've done it a million times before. Years ago, I went on vacation to Hawaii. And I had worked just banana. I mean, let's say I'm making this up, but let's say like six months nonstop. I had worked and worked and worked. I was super fried. I had been speaking on every stage, every keynote speech. I just, it was nonstop. And I show up at this resort. And the very first moment I walk into this fancy resort where I have planned to just relax. I'm completely unplugging. I'm completely uncharging. I'm not answering work. I'm just going to chill. Walk into this lobby and there's a huge sign that says, welcome VIP president, diamond club elite, whatever it's called for Stella and Dot. If I'm not mistaken, it was Stella and Dot. Now, if you're not familiar, Stella and Dot is a jewelry company that has different women who sit, and I'm sure men, who sell all over the country, maybe the world. If you're a Stella and Dot person, you're like, oh, she's getting it wrong. That's not the point. The point is, with respect, there is no group of people that are more likely to ask me for photos, to want to hang out with me, to want to be my best friend on vacation than a group of women who are, you know, selling stuff, small business owners. Like I walk into this lobby and like I crumble. I'm like, no, because it means that this entire hotel is filled with me and like 200 women who like want to take a picture with me. I know that sounds douchey, you guys, but I had just come off the road nonstop. I just, I wanted to like eat nachos by the pool. I wanted to not think about how I looked. I didn't want to take a photo with it. I love taking pictures with you guys. I'm so pumped about that. It's incredible that you want to hang out with me. But in this particular instance, I was like, I just wanted to rest. And now I feel like I'm not going to feel like I can let my guard down. I'm not going to feel like I can just chill. So I walk in. And sure enough, I haven't been there five minutes. And the way these things work is if one person takes a picture with you, other people see it. And then now the seal is broken and they're like, oh, she will take pictures all day. So I'm in the lobby. I'm like, all of a sudden there's just a crowd. I'm taking these pictures. I finally sneak away. I go up to my room and I'm like so bummed. I'm like, oh my God. I'm like, okay, I'm 
I have to do something because I only have four days here. We had a babysitter for the kids. I only had four days. And I was like, I, I need to do something. So I find an old email. I had had an email. Stellan Dot had reached out years before about something, but I had an email to someone on their management team. And I find that email and I send them a note. I'm like, hi, Rachel here. And I've just arrived at this hotel in Hawaii and I see that you're having a convention and I am wondering if I can ask a favor. Now, at the time, the reason I was so busy was because I had been speaking at conferences like this nonstop. And I knew what a company like that would pay for me to speak to their peeps. And not trying to be a douchebag, but women, let's just own our power and what we're worth. I get paid a lot of money to talk to a group like that. And so I, I reach out to them and I say, I will do a free keynote speech. I, I see that you have this meeting tomorrow. I will jump in. I will do this keynote for you guys. And in return, what I would ask is that you send an email to everybody who is here and you say, Rachel's gonna do this free keynote speech for us, but she's exhausted. So she's gonna come in, she's gonna do a keynote, take all the pictures while we're in the room, do the whole thing, get it out of your system, because when she leaves that room, we're all gonna pretend that we don't know who she is and we're not, she's gonna go eat nachos by the pool. And they were like, OMG, yes, we would love to take you up on this. So they do exactly, exactly like word for word, like she, you guys know what it is to be a mama and finally get a vacation away from your kids. She's going to come in. She's going to do the speech for us. We're going to take all the pictures in the room. She's going to walk out of the room. You're going to pretend you don't know who she is. All of that to say, bless these ladies because they absolutely honored that request. There were one or two who still like snuck up and was like, please. And of course I took pictures. But my point, that was a very long winded story to get to this landing of the plane, is with zero preparation, zero preparation, I went into that, I still look cute, don't worry, but I went and I was wearing flip-flops, so I was like, we're in Hawaii, I had on like flowy, whatever, I don't even know, I went in, killed the keynote, I was like, what do you want me to talk about, I can talk about anything, they were like, can you hit these three points, yes, I can, boom, bang, bing, get up on stage, kill it, pump people up, do my photos, bounce out of the room, zero preparation. Why? Because I have been doing that for a decade. I have been speaking to people for a decade. I have absolute confidence in the stories that I tell, the knowledge that I share, the ideas, the tidbits, the takeaways, because I've been practicing it over and over and over, Abby. But I'll tell you what, the first time I did a keynote speech, the fifth time I did a speech, the 10th time I did a speech, there was no skill. When I first started out, if I had had a keynote like that for hundreds of people, I would have prepped for weeks and I still would have been terrible. But when you do something over and over and over, when you don't just have the knowledge, but you have the applied knowledge, you're like, I have tested this out. I have tried it. I know that it works. That's where you're going to feel that confidence. And the confidence that you're going to feel is not about you like, oh, I'm so fancy or I'm so great. You're like, no, but I'm really good at this thing because I've done it so many times before. Imposter syndrome is not something you snap your fingers or you say enough affirmations and it goes away. 
Imposter syndrome is you leaning in to the discomfort of not knowing in order to get the skills that you need to become better. And the fact that you're already trying to figure this out at 19 is so incredible because many of us didn't try and figure this out until we were in our 30s or our 40s or our 50s. So lean in to, man, I don't really like how this feels. I don't like the tension here. Okay, great. That is an indication in your life of where you need to do some work. But I'll tell you what, as you learn and grow and get better, you showing up in that class with heart with soul, you tapping into why you got into this business in the first place. How did dance help you in your life? How did fitness help you in your life? I'll tell you what, my favorite teachers, my favorite trainers are not the people who are telling me how the muscle connects to the bone. My favorite teachers and trainers are the ones who tell me how this practice helped them in their life. When they're like, oh, I was really, I was having really bad anxiety and I did three rounds of breath work with sun salutations and it really helped to calm my nervous system. That's real. I don't know anything about muscle, but that I know about anxiety. So find your why in the midst of this because the confidence will come, but the heart, that has to be the foundation of everything you do. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Look, we're all super busy. We have so many things filling up our plate each and every day. And I like to imagine what it would be like if I had an extra hour. Like, what would I do? I like to think that I would be my absolute best self and I would meditate and make sure I'm journaling more. I would do my morning pages. I would really take advantage of that time. But in order to know what to do with your time, you have to understand what your priorities are. And therapy can be a really fantastic way to figure that out. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and it's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a quick questionnaire and get matched with a licensed therapist. You can also switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com Rach to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash reach. It's spring, guys, or it's very close to spring, which means it's very close to the time of the year where I start planting my garden for summer. And this year, I was really excited to add a lemon tree, not from a seed, but like an actual tree. Did you know that fast-growing trees is the biggest online nursery in the U.S. with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers in the U.S.? You can grow lemon, avocado, olive, or fig trees inside your home on top of the wide variety of houseplants available. Fast-growing trees makes it easy to order online and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever. 
Right now, they have some of the best deals online, like up to half off on select plants. And listeners of my show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code RACH at checkout. Guys, get a lemon tree like me. We can be twins. That's an additional 15% off at fastgrowingtrees.com using the code RACH at checkout. Fastgrowingtrees.com, code RACH. Offer is valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. All right. Good question, Abby. Let's see what else we got. Hi, Rachel. My name is Natalie. I'm in Austin, Texas. And my question for you is about how to present yourself the best. I mean this by, you know, I'm new to the city. I'm meeting new people, going out to coffee with girlfriends, dates, and I tend to lead the, well, tell me a little bit about yourself with all of the negative traumatic things that have happened in my life. Like I tend to lead with, okay, well, uh, addiction and recovery is part of my story. And I got into a really bad car accident and this person passed away early in my life and really made an impact for my life going forward. And while all of that is true stuff, I tend to leave out or not lead with all the good stuff, like how I've built my career and all the cities that I've moved to by myself and my dog. And the reason I'm asking this is because I've heard you say about your story with your brother and how you would always lead with that and how that situation kind of turned into who you were as you were growing up. And it doesn't, I guess, define you and your identity anymore. So I'm just wondering how you navigated that. And if you have any tips, uh, I would love to hear from you. Thanks so much. Love you. Bye. Oh, Natalie, I love you too. Freaking incredible self-awareness here. This is such good self-awareness that so few people have. The first thing I thought, y'all know how I do this. I just sort of like going to rattle off some stuff that popped into my head as you were speaking that. The first thing I'm going to say, and I hope this doesn't sound too harsh, is you're living in the past. And I can say that you are living in the past because I also used to live in the past. When we are leading out in the stories of our life beginning with our trauma, it is because that is how we self-identify. I, as you know, because you've been part of my community, have experienced a fair amount of trauma in my life. But I would never have that come out in the first conversation or even the fifth conversation with new friends, with new acquaintances. And I do remember a time period in my life where I did that for a very long time. In my teenage years, in my early 20s, it was almost like I hadn't yet processed those stories enough. So I needed anybody to hold space with me. And now I would even say on some level, I wonder if that was trauma dumping. If I was meeting someone and then being like, like, here's the word vomit of all of this stuff that's inside of me that needs to get out. I think that's totally normal. 
But I think that's a conversation for your therapist. And later on, absolutely, when you're really solidifying that relationship with someone and you guys are going deeper, that's when it should all emerge. They're sharing their stories, you're sharing yours. But that should never be how you're leading out because you're leading out in those conversations. I hesitate to say this word because I know it can be triggering, but you're leading out in a victim mentality. And I used to do that. I'm like, let me tell you all of the things that have happened to me. And I don't even really care about maybe how that might affect your potential new friendship, though, honestly, I worry about how good that could be if you immediately lead with trauma and someone's like, oh yeah, let's do this. There's only a handful of people who really want to go further if you start in a space of trauma and very rarely are any of those going to be the kind of relationships or friendships you want to have. But what I actually worry about more with you leading out with your stories of all the hard stuff that has happened is that you re-emphasize those stories to yourself. You re-engage those stories in your own mind. You re-establish who you are through the lens of all the hard things that you've lived through. And you and I both know that if you've lived through all those hard things, Natalie, it means that you are stronger now. It means you are more capable. It means you can move to new cities and try new things because you're like, man, I've lived through so much worse than this. Like I can certainly, you know, check out Austin and PS. I'm going to need you to go to Suerte if you haven't yet. I'm going to need you to go to Este if you haven't yet. I'm going to need you to go to La Pesina if you haven't yet. Yes, I did just tell you three different places to get tacos. You're welcome. But my point is that you can do all of those things without fear because you've lived through things that are way harder than most people have lived through. I guess the other way to swing this around is to ask yourself why you think that needs to be part of your story going forward. Let's all sit with that one for a minute. Let's ask any of us who find ourselves in situations like this, why do you think the hard stuff of your past needs to continue to be part of your story in the present. My favorite quote about this is, a memory without the emotional charge is now just wisdom. A memory of your past without any emotional charge is now just wisdom. It's wisdom in your life. So if it's wisdom, we carry that into the future. We carry that into who we are, but we don't need to keep telling people that we have this wisdom because it's just evident. Kind of goes back to the first question in this episode, this idea of imposter syndrome or this idea of lacking confidence in that moment, like, do I have a right to be here? What is it, what story are you telling yourself in that coffee date when you meet a new person that makes you believe that they need to know all of that, that they need to know that you're unique or that you're strong or that you're more than meets the eye? Those 
desires to like push your story on someone else, my instinct is that that comes from a place of insecurity. Whether that's insecurity about your right to exist as a whole beautiful person in this moment without them knowing how hard it was for you to get here, or if it's insecurity about trusting and having faith that the goodness you find yourself in right now will not be taken away from you. I have some family members who they just live in the past. They only talk about the past. They o- all of their stories, every it's all about the past. Even like in the family group text, the pictures they send, they're all pictures from the past. They're all, you know, when we were younger, like here's the kids. They're all there's nothing about their present life. In fact, the only time they mention their present life is when they are telling us about some new hardship that they're experiencing. There's almost this attachment to the hard story because it's like, oh my gosh, if I forget, if I don't cling to all of the trauma, then will new trauma show up? If I forget about how hard it was, will the goodness in this space go away too? I don't know why you are clinging to that, but I know that you are. You know, for me, it really was that I didn't have anyone to process it with. So every new friend I encountered was a new potential therapist. But I think you have to be very careful about dragging the suitcase of trauma around behind you. Because it sounds to me like you've worked really hard to get to the place that you're at. Having faith that you're going to stay in this space, that if something hard happens, you will be able to handle it, but you are never going to go back to what was, that kind of faith, that kind of peace in where you find yourself now, that's something that you're going to have to work for. Because my instinct is that you will keep bringing new bits of hardship into the life that you have now if that's what you focus on. And just a simple hack for how you can start to navigate around it, besides talking to your therapist about this, is when you are going into a new situation, have a conversation with yourself on the way there. Okay, Natalie, this is a potential new friend. We really like her. Here are some subjects that we can discuss today. Let's tell her about the dog. Let's talk about, you know what, even better than talking about the cool stuff that we've done right now. Maybe you bring in some future. You're so focused on the past. Maybe you're like, yeah, I hope to go to Spain this summer. Or I'm saving up money to buy a house. Or I've been dreaming about going back to school. And if you're not sure how to be in conversation with someone without bringing up the past, here's the answer to everything. Just ask them questions. There is nothing any human likes more than talking about themselves. So if you're not sure yet that you can fully navigate a conversation without falling into that old pattern, well, great. Ask them about themselves. How are you? And if someone says, oh, you know what? Here's my heart story. Here's this. You're fantastic. Here's a moment you're like, oh, dude, me too. I also am in recovery. What was that like for you? Then that's incredible because right now you've got a shared commonality, but that is very different than you meeting a new friend being like, hey, do you want a flat white? Also, let me tell you about the time that my boyfriend cheated on me. It's an insecurity 
based on something I don't know because I don't have the full context of your story. But my instinct is that on some level, you don't feel like you're allowed to exist in the now. This friend who's meeting you, they're not meeting the person who needed to go into recovery. They're meeting who you are now. The person that you're having dinner with, they're not having dinner with the one who lost someone however long ago. They're not having dinner, coffee. They're not hanging out with the past version of you. They're hanging out with who you are now. Are you hanging out with who you are now? Are you resting in who you are now? Or do you still believe that you are the woman from the past? I don't know why you're bringing her into an initial conversation, but I think getting to the root of that will really, really help you. Thank you for the question. Natalie, that's not easy to do and it takes a lot of self-awareness. And I think it's something that probably a lot of us need to examine in our lives. Like, where am I bringing a past version of me into this present moment? You are not that woman anymore. You are not that little boy anymore. You are not that little girl anymore. You are not that version of you. They're still here. Those stories are still a part of you, absolutely. But they shouldn't be leading out in your present moment. I hope that was helpful. And I hope it was helpful to whoever is listening to this besides Abby and Natalie. And if y'all have questions for me that you want me to dig into, in my very imperfect, very inexpert opinion, you can call and leave me a voicemail on the hotline, 737-400-4626. I will be back soon with more conversation here on the podcast. And until then, as always, I love you and I'm rooting for you. The Rachel Hollis Podcast is produced by me, Rachel Hollis. It's edited by Andrew Weller and Jack Noble. It's your time. Join global thought leader, executive producer, and New York Times bestselling author T.D. Jakes and today's leading culture shifters for an experience unlike any other. At the 2024 International Leadership Summit, spiritual and business leaders can gain the practical tools they need to maximize their timing for success. With world-class discussions, breakout sessions, and networking opportunities, this is where your dreams turn into reality. Timing is everything, and your time is now. March 21st through 23rd in Dallas, Texas. Register today at thisisils.org.